Welcome to episode 7 of Everything Hurts, a podcast where we cover everywhere the life sciences meets the biological sciences. Now, before we get into today's episode, we have to... Oi! Yeah, what? It's not just you here. Yeah, well, hi, James. Hi, Dan. How are you? <laughs> I hope you are fine. People know that you're the other My part of My name is Dr. Daniel Quintana. I live in a massive hollowed-out fish in the North Sea. <laughs> People this know who you are. This is my incredibly pleasant collaborator, Dr. James No Trousers Heathers. Do you know why they call me that? Why? Because I am not wearing any trousers. <laughs> well, it's, it's good that it's an audio podcast, and it's good that I can only see you from the, the collar up. As well, uh, well, I, look, I could. It would be very difficult to change it around and do it the other way. So you've dodged a bullet there, <laughs> I, sunshine. I have, I have. Now, now we've behaved like human beings. Now that's this is this this correction. This is great. Yes, correct us. We, we've had our. It was, it was it was bound to happen. We've had our first uh, first correction. Now, last episode we were talking about JASP, which is a new statistical software package. That a free, excellent statistical software package. Yeah, you, you've had a you've had a play around with it, and uh, yeah, it's um, and I heard a lot of people actually contacting me, going, um, "This is great! I wish I actually found out about this earlier." But anyway, one of the uh, Jasp developers, Ravi Selka, who is uh, at Ravi Selka on Twitter, actually got in touch with us to let us know that um, we mentioned that you can't actually um, export any of the ways that you did your analysis, but he got in touch with us to say that you can, in fact, save and share your analytical options and your results in JASP. So thank you, uh, thank you, Ravi. Um, no, more than that, thank you for coding it, because if you've got two people trying to do the same analysis, if you send the analysis script to the other person in order to reproduce the result, it's easily the quickest way of doing it. If you've got a massive data file and a very small analysis file, the easiest way of Recommunicating stuff is invariably sending the code to do the right thing. So it's a very good function. Yeah. On a, a program that we already both like. Have we plugged it enough yet? No. I no. do love it that much. I wish they were paying us. Yeah, I know, but it's free. Pay so. us, Robbie. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. I, I always, I, I love the fact that there are people out there funding projects like that. It's excellent. When you see something pop up and you go, "Oh, okay, that's really useful." What does it cost? Well, it's free. Why? Because someone out there thought it would be a good idea to get some money together for these developers. So people like, uh, I think the Wellcome Trust do some stuff like that. Anytime you fund something to make a resource and give it away, I think you you, you should get a very small medal. A good one, yeah. not not a, not like a participation medal, not an American child medal, the one that they they hand them out here like popcorn. They still do that, you know, participation trophies. Yeah, I'm seeing now. There's uh, there's graduations for for kids finishing preschool. It's all yeah, what? yeah, yeah. You kidding? Cap and cap and gown, the the whole shebang. Why do we even do this? I mean, the, the one thing that they left alone out of the academic process is part of the pomp and circumstance that you get to enjoy. I mean, Finland, you get a sword and a top hat. I love that. That's, that's a community that's worth being a part of. If they're giving it away to five-year-olds, I think I'm going into industry. <laughs> Piss this off. This is done. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the, the Finnish uh, doctoral sword. It's fantastic. Oh, are you just insanely jealous when you hear stuff like that? I do, I do work with a Finnish bloke, and the first thing I asked him was, uh, tell me about the doctoral sword, and he just smiled. He, he, he knew he was onto a good thing. Uh, Finnish people do that a lot. <laughs> it's a nice thing about having something to smile about. Yeah. Well, um, speaking of Twitter, we should also thank... Um, there's been a lot of people who have actually been sharing our podcast. And uh, on Twitter, uh, we have uh, at Psychology Brief, uh, Robin Koch, 
um, Araldo B. Or, hey! Oh, you know, hey, you know Robin, yeah. So, uh, yeah, of course. Hi, hi to Robin. Uh, Araldo B., uh, who's uh, one of my collaborators here. So, uh, thanks, thank, thanks, Harold. Uh, psych scientist. So that's, um, Is that Harold with two, two A's, like the proper Harold? No, no. Oh, man, that's such a metal name. H-A-R-A-L-D. Doesn't that just sound like someone who should be wearing furs <laughs> charging into things? Oh, yeah. Best name. So many good names in your part of the world. Anyway, Harold, I don't mind how you spell it, mate. Thank you. Yeah, so thanks to Harold. Uh, Psych scientist, Andrew and Sabrina. uh, And also at Sceptional, also known as Alex Holcomb, one of of our... uh... Hi, Alex. (laughs) Hello, Alex. Have you missed me? (laughs) Somewhere in the world, on the receipt of that information, a man is shaking his head. (laughs) So thanks to everyone. Uh, by sharing our podcast on Twitter, a lot more people can find out about us. So uh, yeah, keep it uh, keep it rolling. So now today, uh, following on from what we spoke about last week, we're going to be talking about writing or the the writing process. Now, one of the most important parts of this whole scientific enterprise is writing and sharing our research, which is traditionally done uh, through writing manuscripts. So it's a crucial part of being a researcher. So we're going to be going over the writing process. Uh, how do you write a lot and how do you do it while actually still having good content? What do you, uh, how, how, do, well, how, first, how do you approach this? Well, first of all, I might like to, I'd like to travel down the internet as a series of electrons pop out of your screen and punch you right over one of your ear holes so it makes one of those booming noises because you just use the word content. Yeah, I've been reading Don't do that. I've been reading too many blogs. This is yeah, look, people people make it sound like it's soybean futures. Have you produced <laughs> any content? Let's let, let's let's be let's be specific about what it actually is. And uh, you you can't you can't just glom everything that's the written word together that you might need to actually do. There's a bunch of different stuff that I, I think if you're interested in other people reading what you do, you don't just need to write science anymore. It needs to be more broadly communicated, and in my opinion, you should probably do other stuff when it comes to developing skills to be a writer. What sort of what what sort of stuff do you mean? Well, you've written you've written for the conversation. What's the conversation? Uh conversation's a fantastic idea. It's basically a uh, website which has been set up so that scientists can uh, can communicate their their findings to the lay community, uh, getting a lot of help with editors as well. Um, but they also do normal journalism stuff. So you can have a, if something happens, if uh, Tony Abbott goes into his office. Uh, turns into the, a chicken, the, the, throws the ex, himself uh, onto a rotisserie. Australian Prime Minister, if anyone who's not Australian. He was the Australian Prime Minister. Now he's merely an unemployed, vagrant gentleman. Um, he sits on what we call the back bench, otherwise known as the cheap seats, uh, in the back bit of Parliament. And uh, he is a demon. <laughs> he's actually my local member. Well, he's not your local member in Oslo. No, but I'm still part of the uh, his uh, same electorate. Oh, really? Yeah. There was some plan to unseat him marvelously. <laughs> but that's the thing. I've, I've, I had just, you could, or you need to, uh, let's not single him out for abuse when there's the entire rest of the political spectrum to abuse. It feels very unfair to get into that and not balance it with uh, all the horrible things I have to say about everyone else. So let's put that to one side. If he did something, the conversation would be a place where a professor of political science could write about it. So they also commissioned normal more journalistic 
takes on current affairs. That's the that's the context in in which I've written for them more normally than hey look at my research aren't I special? Mm. So when you're talking about writing as a process, let's pull it all the way back to your ridiculous asinine word content, you swine. So if we're trying to open that box and say we are not going to just write science and do the scientific process anymore, we are going to more broadly communicate other stuff. That is an excellent example of other stuff. Yeah. So where else do you, where else do you write, Sunshine, with your content? Uh, I have a, a medium blog where I occasionally write. I should probably do it, do it a bit more often. Um, <sighs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone says that. Yeah. So yeah. and usually what I tr- even me. What what I try and do is uh, whenever a new paper comes out, I'll try and put out a uh, you know more of a layman's explanation of what we found and why it's interesting. Yeah, what it, that's excellent. Yeah, so that uh, that's the way that I that I usually approach it. Okay, here's um, you know I write a lot, um, not just for its own ends, which a lot of it is, but for money in the capacity that I write things down and people buy them. Um, That was going very well until I recently decided to have a more normal work process. (laughs) Um, Because it's an insane way to make a living. I love it, but it is mental. Um, I'm a huge believer in the idea of writing as a flexible kind of skill. Um, If you write every day for a year, your ability to do the process changes so much. Um, And I think it translates extremely well between domains. In other words, if I'm writing on a normal day somewhere between... Uh, one and two thousand usable words of something, which is a lot. Mm. I got a lot of stuff backed up. I got notes for different books. I've got things that I owe people who've bought stuff that I'm doing. I've got normal communication, which I do a lot of. If you see me around the internet expounding about some technical thing, trying to be helpful. Um, and then normal communication stuff, emails, etc. Mm. So. I'm a big believer in the fact that it changes between, uh, sorry, not, what is, what's wrong with me? Um, I'm a big believer in the fact that it's a, it's a skill that is malleable and it also, it, it changes at any given point in time. If you write every day for two weeks, at the end of the two weeks, it'll be better. Yeah. If you stop, it will go away. If you do it for a year, it will increase past. So it's, it's sort of, it has an immediacy. It has a short term and a long term skill set. Um, and you really want to be developing both of them because at some point, at some point in time, they think, oh, how does this change anything to do with science? Well, the experience that I've had when it comes to, I need to write this paper. Some people obsess over the content of what actually goes into a scientific paper. It takes them a long time to back up. It takes them a long time to do. If you're good at the actual task of writing and you're really in command of what you're doing, uh, you can be so much more aggressive with putting the right words on the page once. Mm. Practice, man. No one wants to. No one wants to practice. You sit down and go. Oh well, I think we'll we'll write a, a paper about a, a thing. 
oh, you know, it, it sits around, things get stuck, it gets stuck between authors. Um, you have to be more aggressive with keeping your skill set together and you have to be more aggressive with finishing stuff. Now, obviously, the problem I have is someone with a self-avowed total inability to pay attention for long periods of time. It's hard enough to keep your attention bored. for this 40-minute podcast. Thank you so much. That really helps, um, as much as it might be true. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, the problem I have is when things go on for multiple months or there's periods of review, um, and when you lose interest, it's very difficult to sit down and force yourself to finish things. Um, a lot of people, it's a problem that a lot of people have, chronic overstarting. <laughs> Um, being aggressive with the writing process helps you with that too because you're far more likely to finish it or get it close enough where you can deal with the annoying periods at the end. Mm. Um, you're far more likely to get that close uh, in one period of time. There's nothing better than sitting down and doing the bulk of something in two, three, four days and then putting a stamp on it and throwing it off to someone else and going, it's not my problem anymore. Yeah. Um. Which you've probably, I mean, you've, you've, you've dealt with me. How often did you go, oh, I'll have something back to you, and it's been 12 hours, and this forest of horseshit turns back up full of like, nasty notes and things, and it's obvious that I've stayed up very late and done a lot. Red wine is generally involved. I find you have to choose your drink carefully if you're going to write late. Yeah. Now, liquor, liquor is no good. We have to put liquor to one side immediately. Um, it's too difficult to... Manage. If you keep the bottle near you, you will continually be involved in the act of refilling. You don't want to pour yourself a quintuple and then go from there. It's obviously, so that's that's right out. Yeah. Um, likewise, you can't keep the bottle across the room because you have to keep going and making trips. That's very annoying. White wine gets warm in the bottle unless you're going to go to the trouble of uh, having an ice bucket, which is a little bit sort of Declasse in your house. Come on. <laughs> oh, I've got an ice bucket. Bit, yeah. Yeah. I'm extremely special. I've got an ice bucket. That's how everyone who does that kind of thing talks in my head. Don't tell me this stuff wrong with me. I know that. Um, so beer is obviously a problem because you can't get enough of it in a thing. And then you're going to have to get up to go to the bathroom. Red wine doesn't get warm or cold. There's a lot of it in the bottle, and it's safe as well. You can't. You can only knock a glass of it over. You're probably not going to knock the whole bottle over. If you ever knock, you ever knock a beer bottle over and have it be shaken up by the process of it being knocked over. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Not good for the writing process. Liquor dangerous, makes you dopey. Too much of it. Red wine. Hits the spot. How long have I just spent giving people advice on how to? What is the best thing to drink when they do scientific writing? <laughs> it's been about two minutes. Oh, that's probably but, but two if, minutes if, too much. If, if that's the key to doing two thousand words a day, which is which is pretty pretty it's sizable, psy- it's psychotic. Do you look? It's I don't... enormous. I, I I knew you were writing a lot, but I didn't know you were hitting sort of one to two thousand words a day. I have a lot of. When I say usable, I mean they don't have to be deleted. I mean they make it through the editorial process, etc. Yeah. I have two projects that I would like to be popular books a process i'm only really starting to engage with because i'm you get very bored very fast of doing a small idea taking it seeing if an editor wants it etc the normal writing stuff um it's obviously look unless you're going to write for if you want to do that i'd thoroughly recommend choosing an area 
where even a relatively small area where it is possible to write for money mm. and deal with a professional editor. It's not just because oh you've got some remuneration for the time. It's a matter of the fact that it's going into a process where the thing's going to be valued, which means it's going to be content edited, which means it's going to be copy edited, which means it's going to be turned into a thing that you get to read or it goes into the right kind of uh, thing. It's structured by people who are paid to structure it. Usually more than you, but we won't get into that. Mm. Um, the same thing happens in journals, and people ignore that completely and think, oh, how, so what's the best way to present our ideas? Well, it's going into a format at the end of the day. You know, it's going to be stuck into a thing. So are there things that you can do to your individual paper to make it look better? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, I know that if look, if I read a journal condition, you guys, you can have as many figures as possible. You remember those Frontiers papers? Like, oh, number of figures is unlimited. You go, God, I'll have really? a 13. That's fine. I think so. No limits for Frontiers. I don't, I don't think, I, I remember putting a, just a, a, an obnoxious amount of pictures into, um, one of my papers a couple of years ago. Yeah. That's, and, um, it really, it really helps with visual. The things that people pull out and use as figures when they present your work is always the graphics. I don't take out a chunk of the text. All right, look, I'm, I'm, I'm over talking. This is what happens. Do you see this cup? Yeah. It's a soup mug. And it's full because you've been talking the whole time. No, it's not. Why would the cup be full if I've been talking? That's Cause my have, coffee. Because you have coffee drunk cup. from it. Look, you know, I've got big hands. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at this. <laughs> uh, it's bigger than the whole circumference of my whole fist. That yeah, it's a coffee cup. You could bathe a child in this. Yeah, you could. See, so this is the problem. There's actually a lot of research, um, but Brian Wansink's research on the size of vessels and portions, yeah, and how it affects great. your perception of what actually happens. Bartenders pour differently into different size glasses. You eat more depending on the size of your knife and fork and plate. And if you want to drink a lot of coffee, you get one of these things. It's basically a baby's bath with a it's handle like a on it. Bucket you've got there. It's awesome, isn't it? Yeah. It's like for, if you're an American and you want to drink soup. I think it's. I think I got this here. Anyway, that's why I'm so hyper. Um, because you know, also some 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 days I'm in a good mood. We've had other podcasts where I've listened back to it and Which heard one? my voice at the start, and you've gone, "Hey, I'm going to introduce the thing. I'm down. Look at me. I'm special." And my voice comes on. Oh, fine. I suppose we'll do a podcast then. Whatever. Yeah, ch- yeah. Ch- it changes from week to week. Yeah, you got me on a good day. Just I'm over talking. Your go. Got to get you caffeinated. Look, w- one of the things that I've been I've been doing recently when it when it comes to writing is uh, I mean it's a pretty it's a pretty simple technique, but it's called the uh, the the Pomodoro technique where you basically oh. have you heard of this one? Yeah. So you, so yeah. you basically you it's work real for good. it's really good because I I get um I get distracted pretty easily um and what I do with this Pomodoro technique is. 45 minutes i've got a little little app on my mac press start and for 45 minutes i turn off turn off email turn off slack so not even you can annoy me and then i just get off and i <laughs> i just get off and and start working i i turn on um uh, don't don't disturb mode on my phone so the only person that can get through to me is, is pretty much just my wife and then i just start writing and then after the 45 minutes is done um, the app basically, I think it's called Break Time. The app, and what it does is it then disables everything else. So I have no choice but to relax and just to do, do something else. Might walk to the kitchen, get um, get a drink of water, get some food, do whatever. And then the, the whole idea is I just doing deep quality work for forty five minutes, and that's it. So by the end of the day, I'm you know looking at um, how much work I'm actually doing, and you know you might think, oh, you know I've, I've been in the lab for eight hours. 
but between meetings and doing all that stuff, I probably might on a, if I've got meetings, maybe do four, four 45 minute sessions. So you're doing eight hours, but really, you know, how much you're actually working, working for about three and a half. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But, uh, you know, and this is, I found it's a fantastic way to work because what it does is it really reduces that sort of post at night guilt of am I, should I be writing right now? Should I be doing work right now? Because I look back at the day thinking, oh, I've actually done a lot of work. I can actually relax now. Whereas before, if you've just been, you know, futzing around the internet, you're thinking, oh, I should probably be doing a bit bit more writing. So I think it's a great approach. And for me, you know, because outputs take such a long time, well, particularly scientific outputs take such a long time to actually get out there, you know, it's really hard to actually judge how much you're doing. But what I do is I basically have a board where I set up and tally how many of these Pomodoros or 45-minute sessions I'm having per day. So I can look back at the week going, hey, that was actually a good week. And I know... In a few months' time, that's going to pay dividends. Good way of tracking stuff. Mm. Uh, there's a website that does it. I don't have a Mac environment thing because I'm not a sex criminal. Um, <laughs> the website, I think, is called Tomato Timer. Yeah. Uh, that works fine for me. Uh, 45 minutes is too long. Uh, 25 is I think the 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 version that was originally posed. I yeah, you can mix like it up. that. Um, sometimes, yeah. Look for for process work. Um, when you've got something that just has to happen and you're not going to enjoy the process, um, it's particularly useful. Um, there's certain times though where I mean, if you're you're in a state where you're completely immersed in what you're actually doing, obviously it isn't necessary. But an awful lot of work isn't like that, mm. and saved up for things that are just some task that has to happen. Super good, yeah. Super good idea. Yeah. I'm a big fan as well. Yeah. Um, it doesn't happen. I mean, if I wrote as a thing, I had to. I wanted to really wanted to finish an article a while back, so I sat down at a normal time in the morning 20 past 9 or something like that um and wrote till 7 in the evening i don't think i stood up and to actually write a useful amount of text over that period of time it will only ever happen I mean, it's not only people do that all the time programmers do way way more than that and if people they get into a particular kind of state they look up and it's dark yeah that i can't relate to but um th- it will only happen that sort of state will only happen if you really like what you're doing. Yeah. So <laughs> that, that that saves you. But it kind of says something though. Like, I've, you know, there's going to be that drudgery. There's going to be that work that you don't want to do. But if you know, if that sort of state where you're, huh? Corrections are the work you don't want to do. Yeah. Well, that's that's uh, why I need an RA or a student. An RA. An RA. You need an army of RAs. Yeah. Yes, to, to, medieval weapons and straw hats. Yeah. Why do I see them like that? <laughs> I love RAs. Everyone who's ever helped me with a task like this, I'm always just absurdly grateful that someone can help me with this. Uh, um, I hope that the new the new position here we're getting sorted out, I will have access to uh, a student or someone similar in perpetuity. I know they want to publish a lot of stuff, but it's just it's a huge the actual, the physical parts, I mean, even having gone through it, the physical parts of the actual process of turning things into documents for me are a barrier. Yeah. 
Some people are bad at stuff. Um, you're probably better off not learning to deal with the really annoying. You're probably better off getting a work process or a, a, a help with the stuff that you're terrible at and doubling way down on the stuff that you're good at. Well, I think also as well, it's thinking about what stuff is easily reproducible. Like if you can get someone to just go through and do basic editing, why should you be doing that if you have the opportunity to sort of pass off that work? It's that kind of deep work where, you know, you're the expert in a particular area. That's what you should be spending your time on. Not I'm not the expert. Well, more than more than others on on certain things, but just getting work that's easily reproducible. That that's anyway. his version of a compliment. Everyone, did you hear that? Is that a grudging admission that I wasn't an idiot? It sounds friendly, <laughs> but he actually has a core of pure molten cobalt. <laughs> he's science robot. Yeah, so it's um. <laughs> <laughs> but look, um. When it comes to your writing, are you sort of like a let's get it right the first time or are you just like, I'm just going to get all my ideas down and fix it later and just send it off and, and go from there? How do, you, how do you approach that? I have strong opinions on that. Yes. So let's take a break first and then I'll tell you. Okay. All right, we're back. It's 12.40pm in Boston. It's 6.40pm in Oslo. In Wagar, it's 6.42. <laughs> Why am I doing that? I don't know. Let's Why talk are about you scientific writing. Let's do it. Um, no, actually, let's not. Let's um, obnoxiously spam all the places we can be found on the internet. Um, I'll say the venue and you say the specific information. Email. Everythinghurtspodcast at gmail.com. We should have got a shorter one, but I guess all the shorter ones are taken. They were taken. Twitter. At Hertz Podcast. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, Facebook. Everything Hurts. That's it, isn't it? Yeah. It's all, I mean, they're all linked to one or the they're other all, anyway. I was just like linked. Googling it by now. Apart from my ridiculous paper, you will find this here. <laughs> yeah, I think, that has, um, I think that has 20 citations now. Yeah, I, I noticed that too. I, I, was, I dug back into it. No, I was reviewing a paper and they said a lot of things that were wrong. So I actually sent them your paper. Uh, that's That feels obnoxious somehow. Why? It's, I it's don't ob- know. It's obnoxious if you were reviewing a paper going, look at this thing, it's right. Different when you're sending someone else's paper. I suppose so. Yeah, but they were just patently wrong about so many things which you happen to address in, 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 in this paper. So just... Uh, Good. Yeah. Oh man, it's so good when it's useful. I was thinking actually of uh, when if I have got a review paper, I was thinking if the review paper ever gets to fifty citations, it would make a really excellent uh it would make a really excellent ongoing paper to go through all fifty citations and find out if they have used your ideas <laughs> in a, a manner which is I mean, even even a decent blog post. Because that I, I see things that are cited, that are quoted in a certain source. And I'm 100% certain the original authors had nothing like that in mind ever. I totally agree. Let, let, let's do it. Let's, let's do it with our um, our letter. That um, That's hit in like 20... Oh, yeah. yeah. The, the, the complete afterthought letter that yeah. the, the <laughs> that world took us an has afternoon. decided is a... Oh, that would actually be interesting. You should get a PeerJ account so we can do stuff like this and get it reviewed and sorted quickly. Can you make... The herring people pay for that? That That's actually a very good idea. And that... Cool. Done. Publication. 
that would actually be excellent because that's not not simply a matter of my personal curiosity on that particular question is substantial. I really like what happens when you go through and do that. I love these papers that are. Uh, Yelta Vickerts wrote a fantastic one where he go, oh, we just looked for errors in people's uh, P and T uh, I do know that paper. values. We'll post and that then we link. went and tried to get the data and figure out what's going on. And um, 73% of people uh, told us to pound sand and go away. Yeah. Wow. That's a, see, that, the, like, uh, questions of process like that uh, have, have historically been asked far too infrequently. Yeah. Um, it's becoming and more the, popular the now. The data's right there in front of you, and it's supremely useful. It's a useful thing to do. Um, it's not. It's not. The process isn't fun, uh, <laughs> especially it depends how many data points there are. But yeah, look, that would make them. Um, I don't know actually if PJ take commentary style sorts of. It's not. It's not a commentary because we'd be looking at data. Um, it's a data paper. It depends how you write it, but I do see your point. Okay, I agree with you. Let's do it. You're right. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Ba- back how, to... many, how many citations does that ridiculous thing I th- have? I think it's hitting uh, mid-20s at the moment. Oh, dear me. Really? Yeah. So, if not that, I'm sure there's another... I've got a few review papers that are, that are a bit more than that that we could potentially potentially look at. But uh, uh, enough with our pu- publication plans. Now, back to the, the whole idea of writing. Now, one, one of the things that um, we were speaking about before the break is, do you actually um, just write... Uh, I read a quote from this writer once who kind of said... Every 35? Morning, 35. Nice. Yeah, some of them are us. Um <laughs> But we probably agree hopefully with hopefully we cited ourselves correctly. Well, you cited it all the time. Yeah, well, it's because I. No, I don't think thirty five is enough. Do you think thirty five is enough? Nah, we can use another one. Yeah, in a while. Anyway, sorry, yeah, I got so, distracted. That does so, happen. So, um, back to the writing process. Uh, yes, I, I, read, I read a quote from this uh, famous writer. I don't know who it was. Who basically said, "Every morning I get up and I throw up all over my keyboard and I spend the afternoons cleaning it up." that kind of perspective of I just write whatever's in my head and go back and edit it later. What sort of uh, approach do you take when it comes to your writing? Well, do you just go write? for It's fine for fiction. Um, yeah. You also want a waterproof keyboard, obviously. <laughs> but you can get them now. He was talking about a typewriter. I think they're pretty they're pretty robust against that kind of stuff. But yeah. Oh, yeah. But imagine imagine what would be flicked off as the keys were being pressed. This is one of those... Uh, this is a metaphor, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Because I'm not sure exactly how that would help. I mean, the paper would start to come apart. It, never mind. Um, yeah, look, it depends. for me, it depends entirely on what you are trying to write. Um, there's a great quote on that. Hemingway said, write drunk, edit sober. <laughs> okay. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. What I mean, that typical Hemingway, there's four words, but there's a lot of stuff packed into them. Um, the focus of that is I require immediate free access to my ideas and probably a sense of emotional honesty and I want to be more fearless than I would be if I was engaged in any other process. Um, And then you wake up the next morning, uh, you drink a lot of coffee, question your life choices and then try to turn it into text that is legible. That's fine for some styles. I think I think it still works for more scientific writing though because sometimes I do not think that. Okay, okay. Well, I mean, personally, for me, you can just you can literally you can spend so long. I I don't know, maybe not for you, but for me, 
you can spend so long on a paragraph or a sentence and rather than actually getting out of the flow of things i just i just tend to write and put it down it it sounds stupid i read it back and i'm frankly embarrassed with what i've written but at least i've gotten the idea down yeah yeah, yeah but that's not um you, you're talking about you mean you do you explore an idea in text yeah and then come back and edit it out basically um, I prefer to you've look you've seen the you could you could tell people about my writing process no need to for, for me to have to, to say it but whatever all right don't look so critical um the the I, I tend to think of things in terms of your interconnected ideas in terms of it's to start with it's a list a lot of the time you have listed pieces of information. You don't have ways of sewing complicated ideas that come together in different ways. There's no callbacks. There's no asides. It's essentially, I, th- I think of it in terms of dot points because internally a lot of the time it is structured like that. I do Not exactly the same thing. Not only do you have thing. sections, but you have interior pieces within the sections where you've got certain things that need to be mentioned. So you write that skeleton... And then you individually explode the pieces and you try as hard as humanly possible to make the pieces that you are expounding on into concrete pieces of information that you don't have to change. Yeah. Now, it means that you have, if you've got a clear idea of what you're going to do before you start, then, and you probably should, otherwise there's, you know, questions your reason to do the experiments in the first place. <laughs> Um, as a matter of fact, well, when I was writing down, I realized it was about something completely different. So I did a completely different analysis, started again, and pretended I planned it. We have a name for that, don't we? Jesus. But, you know, that's pretty common. Yeah. Uh, have you ever been in a situation where you've reviewed a paper and it's been a clinical trial and you've go ba- you go back and check the clinical trial registration and think, what the hell have these two things got to do with each other? Uh, the ones that I have done, they've actually been consistent. Well, that's good. Yeah. Well, it's a good thing that you're checking them. Oh, I, yeah. I, I think it's a travesty that people aren't actually checking. That, that should be the up to the editor, should be up to the reviewers to actually check how consistent they are. So, you've, yeah. so it sounds like you've had and this happen to, you, happen to yourself that you've checked it. And has it been uh, like way off people not mentioning different outcome measures or what, what sort of stuff are we talking here? Um, there's, two, there's two things. One, clinical trial writing in the first place I mean, it can be it can of course be difficult when you're doing it in the when it's partially exploratory we accept that things need to be partially exploratory uh, two things happen either there's a a minor outcome is suddenly promoted to make a paper it's like something that we threw in a laugh it's down at the end it doesn't really matter it's not a focus of the project it doesn't appear in the overall description and then that becomes that that's what we thought all the time yeah, what do you mean that minor task that we administered on a whim? Oh, you know, that was the point the whole time. Well, it doesn't actually appear in any of your overall descriptions of the paper. Oh, yeah, but, you know, the third, the 37th task was extremely important. Um, the other thing, of course, is having 37 tasks in the first place. <laughs> Yeah. It's it's when you have got when you've got that many observations, it's just you know, and you you see it written down in plain text. Oh, we got this thing, and people came back, and they came back once every six weeks, and uh, they stayed for, for for three months. And we got a, lots of different measures. How long's your test battery? Ah, oh, three hours. I asked them about everything from how they feel about their toenails through to all the normal stuff. You will you your ability to the 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 thought if we check more stuff then we'll, it will be more amenable to 
explanation in the future is quite seductive. Let's have more things where we could potentially get more insight. There's going to be more stuff there. And it's counterintuitive, but it's a very dangerous thing to think. I, I don't completely agree. I think it's good to have your primary outcomes and your, and your secondary outcomes. But at the same time, you know, uh, have, you, have you run a clinical trial? Of course not. Yeah. Do I look mad? <laughs> they're hard. I know. Yeah. So I think, you know, when it comes look, I to... I only even see them from the purpose of someone, like someone's done something and it's turned up and I, I don't like what they've done. I, yeah. I don't have to. I know that everything like this, it's more... The, the moment you move out of context when you talk about something like this, you're at least partially wrong. <laughs> the moment so, you move into something else. Th- th- this is more the perspective of you're getting this patient group. Um, people are traveling from uh, typically uh, a long distance. They're there in the lab. Um, you do have your primary outcomes, but you may as well collect extra data um, and uh, and have a look to see to see what's happening now. The problem is when you're actually pretending that that secondary or or, or tertiary bit of data you're looking at was was meant to be your, your original primary primary data set. That's a huge problem. But actually admitting, hey, we we measured this thing on on a whim, um, and we found it. Um, didn't really you know predict it was going to happen, but uh, this is interesting. Um, perhaps this should be a primary outcome for the next measure. Now, this this has been a big a big problem within the, the the oxytocin literature in that same sort of thing. You know, it's a secondary measure or another measure comes up, um, and then it seems to be a different measure. Uh, but the thing is, people should actually be pursuing. Well, this one study found this. Let's actually use that measure as the primary measure the next time around. But it doesn't really happen. Okay. Yeah. So I, I think. Um, well, look. Yeah. The, you shouldn't the go nuts. Is, then you but, end up with the the, the problem with knocking things between projects is you're now talking about multiple year lags, projects that are funded via different mechanisms, potentially different staff, even different institutions. So why don't you just back up and test that again? Well, considering how long it takes to get the money to do it and then run the whole thing again, it's a, it's, it, what, it's a three, four, five year process at the outside, and that's for an easy thing. God forbid you go, oh, we tested something in a longitudinal sample. Yeah. And you go, and, and then, you know, some precious bastard like me says, oh, you didn't plan that. You didn't plan it, so maybe it's not a good observation. Go back and test it again. And you go, yeah, with whose million dollars in four years, dickhead? Yeah, yeah. Huh? Reviewer two, James, you big precious idiot. Uh, look, I try to temper stuff like that you'd if i if i wrote if i reviewed one of your papers you'd never know it was me yeah i would <laughs> you wouldn't i try so hard to get into everything and be even-handed okay that's good you'd, that's the, you'd, the way never, you'd never know it was me as i'm so obsessed with trying to be fair about that um even with this, the other things so i've got a paper i got a paper this is do you, a do, you, do you sign your reviews have you ever signed a review with your name yeah of course all the time? Is that standard? No, not all the time. It's that sometimes you look, this is the, the problem is that you're partially protected from the fact that sometimes you have to upset people. Sometimes the answer is going to be something that they don't like, that they don't expect. They're going to have a human reaction to that. Sometimes you need to be insulated from what people think. I know people, people that I've met, relatively senior authors, people, people who I know, people who personally I like, who sent work that is a pile of nails. Now, do you want to insert yourself into that process? No. 
Nurses said, well, yeah, look, and so, so you've got that level of insulation, but there's plenty of situations where it, it's not a question of they saying, look, I like this. This is fine, but you need to change this. I want to declare my interest in this and this and this being wrong because of the following theoretical reasons, etc. We're going to have a conversation about this. Don't get me wrong, I want to keep your paper, but I want to hit it with a wrench first for months. That's good. Yeah. No, and you, in, a situation, in a situation like that, I think people, the, 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 it is more easy, it is more amenable to the process for them to have access to your ideas. Yeah. You know, it's so like, go on, go on, look, I've written uh, something about this, and there's uh, these people I've collaborated with, and they did a good thing, and she's clever, and gonna go, go and look at this network of people and stuff. This At that point in time, this is a conversation. Yeah. But I think you can you could disappoint people very, very badly by... Um, being honest about what they've done, not being good. It's about being objective, though. Not oh, just going, I don't I like said. your ideas. You didn't do the experiment that I imagined. No, 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 no. That's that's yeah. You, look, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't do that. It's the idea of, I mean, to be a, a good experimentalist well, is you, partially you... the ability to understand when someone explains something out of a context that you think is absolutely perfect. It's trying to assess the value of that rather than going. You have to look at the context and say, "Is the context sufficient?" Yeah. Rather than say, "Go back in time and change the context of one I like, you idiots," which I, is reviewer two behavior. That's <laughs> that's bullshit, obviously. But the whole idea of it being a conversation, you bring a good point, and that one thing I love about the uh, the frontiers re- review system is that it is basically a conversation, and that rather than waiting on you know, going back and forth between the editor and between the reviewer and the um and the author, you can actually specifically address certain parts and uh, and talk back and forth with the author, going, "Hey, I didn't actually understand this. Can you clear it up?" And it could be mm. a simple thing of, "Yep, this this is what I meant," you know. And then you can you can go back and forth. Whereas most other journal uh, reviewing platforms, it doesn't really suit that that well. Well, here's the thing: if, if the frontier the 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 the, the frontier system. They find out you. You find out who reviewed the paper if the paper's accepted. Yeah. Well, if the editor takes your opinion seriously and you're dead against it being published, then you're anonymous. That's right. That- right. So I, you, you're protected. You're protected from both angles. You the author's protected against you being completely unreasonable if the thing's going to be turned around and and turned into something that will be read. Um, and you're protected from the human reaction of people who might be disappointed that you've assessed their work critically and then you have other journals like uh, the bmc family where you actually um during the process you can find out who the reviewer who the reviewer is oh okay yeah i didn't actually know that have we published in a bmc journal we're we're in the process of uh john's work is going into bmc psych it is hopefully going to bmc psych yeah, see, that's the okay, you, you talk it talk about it in literal terms. I think of no, it's going. Yeah, go paper, go. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like your optimism. Yeah, but yeah, it's, look, um, I've I've no I've, I've so insulated from that uh, the, the literature at large. I can't tell you how good it is. I trust <laughs> I trust John. I'm sure it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, have we? I suppose we devolved from the writing process there at some point in time. But look yeah. at us actually talking about the process of science. Yeah, that's great. Do you hear this? The rest of you looking at pictures of galaxies, you frauds and ruiners. <laughs> you love science. You love pictures of science, you hippies. If you loved science, you'd be listening to us. That's right. <laughs> Human filth. 
In the nicest possible way, of course. Yeah, like and subscribe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're supposed to say that. I don't think anyone ever does. Nah, no. Nah. I'm listening to a podcast and person goes, please like me, please subscribe to a thing. I'm like, yeah, pfft, look me up on the internet, throw rocks at me. I, I was listening to a podcast where the uh, the host did something a bit sneaky. And, and he was saying, I want to do an experiment. I'm, I'm not sure how well um, uh, getting good reviews and... Uh, is on the iTunes store. So can you, the listener, do me a favor, everyone log on and give me a review just to see if it works. Sneaky, sneaky. That's transparent. That's yeah. really transparent. Yeah. Because people went, oh, oh I'll, I'll help him test his system. I'll write him a review. Yeah. <laughs> I'll and show the man. It probably worked as well. But really? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I didn't log on to see. Uh, it's, it's a highly reviewed podcast anyway. So, um, you know, I don't know how, how good the experiment would be. That's that's cheeky. It's very cheeky. That's what I thought. I, I, I like that. But I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm willing to invest the... I'm willing to invest the time in the requisite amount of cheekiness to try and find a similar system to con people into listening to our drivel. <laughs> It's not dribble. I think we're definitely getting better. There's a, think of this in terms of a learning process. I think so too. No. The ability to present information, you're actually learning to introduce ideas rather than assume that they are psychically beamed to people more or less in their entirety <laughs> so you can discuss them. I'm learning to not sound like a sociopath. You're learning to look at me so you can, rather than looking at the ceiling during... Uh... During our, uh... I look away. I look away. I look away when I think. Yeah, I, I know think that. But the, the first few episodes, you were just, you know, you were. You, I don't know where you were. But it, oh, it, look and hang on. The first few episodes, I was horribly ill. That's right. Well, yeah. let's l- l- let's put it on that. Hey. Well, I feel, feel it feels fine now. It's you're working. not completely unpleasant to look at. I mean, you're a bit flea bitten, but it's not that bad. <laughs> I think it's working. Uh, it's going well. We should at some point in time we should start doing we should start doing what all people who are allegedly professional do. We should have guests and um some form of we should if we have a competition, it has to be something horrible. It has to be something borderline illegal. A competition? I, I don't, don't know. I I don't I don't I wouldn't even know where to start. But I do like the idea of guests and we should really look into getting some people on the show. Oh, there's so many people. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, do you not think of, like, like, I know a lot of people who I think you should put that person in a position where they can just talk about what they do because it's interesting for its own sake, and I don't know why they don't have fans, really. Yeah, I totally agree. Ah, uh, I'm make... a fan. Of, would you consider yourself to be a fan of a lot of stuff? Would you use that word? Yeah, I, I, I use that word a lot. I'm a fan of yeah. a lot of things, yeah. A lot of, a lot of authors. Yeah, I, it seems. I, I think there's something very friendly about it. Yeah, I like being. I like being a fan of a thing. That that being said, I organized sports teams. Um, I have previously drawn up plans to have all of them thrown into a volcano. Yeah, why don't only, Why don't you like organized sports? I've always wondered this. I don't know. I like sports where there's sports where there's one person involved. So powerlifting, weightlifting. Boxing, kickboxing, to a lesser extent, mixed martial arts. Because no, don't get me started. Um, just team sports. You just don't like teamwork. This is the, the, you're doing this on purpose now, aren't you? I'm, I'm genuinely hey, curious. James, primary collaborators. You hate teamwork. Lol. <laughs> well, so you were particularly fond of that football code, the one that's stupider than all the others. 
whichever one that was. Union. Was it that? Yeah. You'd come into the office and you'd say, "Ah, oh, the the people, the 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 atomic fingers lost last night to the inverted crocodiles, and it's all very terrible." And you know, I wasn't allowed to hit you because there's laws, so <laughs> it all just sort of went from there. Don't look, don't look despondent, Ed. That's <laughs> all right. Now we've we've definitely reached a point where we're starting to lose focus. Yeah. Let's, um, All right. That was. I think there was a lot of reasonable discussion in there, at least. Yes. Um, of something to do with the writing process. Do you want to? Do you want to take us out? Yeah. Um, for thanks it. for thanks for listening, everyone. Um, remember to um, to rate us, not not for, from some sneaky sort of experiment thing, but um, <laughs> <laughs> if you genuinely like us, leave leave a message and um, and keep the recommendations on uh, on Twitter. And on Facebook going so more people can can hear us. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'll add something. If you want us to talk about something, say so. Yeah. I've got a few people who say, well, if, yeah, why don't you, here's a topic for discussion. Now, we've got a big list of these things and we're going to try to get to them, obviously. But if there's, you know, really part of a conversation, have a crack. If we're wrong about something, tell us. Please. Um, if you've looked up Dan on the internet and you found a picture of him and you think he looks like a swamp donkey, um, <laughs> tell him. Maybe yeah, not. Let's make this a conversation. Maybe not that last one. <laughs> yes, right. pl- please get in contact with us. Thanks for listening <laughs> and uh, bye bye now.